It is so good to be together this morning, and I'm excited to continue our series on prayer, um, this sacred practice that we are invited into. And our hope is that in this series, you'll not only receive what we have on the weekends, but that you'll dive into it yourself. And we've uh, put together and curated some resources. Lurie helped us with that, and we're so grateful. You can find that on spac.ca backslash prayer. And I just brought up some of the books with me that are listed there. You can actually find these in our coffee shop, Legato. Um, They're for sale, and if we run out, you can order them. Um, Excellent books on this topic, and I recommend them to you. Before we dive into some new content today, um, I want to actually have us stop and do something we've already done several times in the service, and that is to pray again. And we're going to pray, we've been learning the last two weeks about this thing of prayer as asking God for what we need. And so we're going to do that. Right now, we're going to stop and we're going to pray for our elders. Um, Hi, elders. They're joining us right now online. Uh, They're out at uh, Camp Van Ness. Each year, our elders take a weekend to pause, to come together, to just listen to the voice of God as the leaders that God has raised up in our church family, um, and to hear where he wants to take us in the next ministry year. And so we're going to stop. Will you pray with me? If prayer is something new for you or something you're not quite sure about, I invite you to listen in to this conversation. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your body, the church. Thank you that you are the head of the church. Thank you this morning that you give gifts to members of your family. Thank you for our elders. Thank you, God, that you have raised them up. And thank you for their willingness to serve in this way. And we ask in a very unique way that you will continue on this weekend set aside to hear your voice. You would, in a unique way, confirm the things that you are wanting them to hear as they lead us. So thank you, God, uh, that you are with them. We pray this Uh, In the powerful name of Jesus, who knows everything that is ahead of us as a church family, you know that we are begun this process of succession planning for a new lead pastor, and so we're specifically asking God for great wisdom in that. Thank you that you care, that you hear our prayers. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to pray about something else, and it's that next weekend is a baptism service, and we are excited about it. And a few uh, months ago, I had the privilege of baptizing somebody named Deanna. And um, Deanna had made this decision to follow Jesus. Actually, the words that she used were, I need a fresh start. And I want it to be a start where I follow Jesus. And then she made this decision. She felt the nudge of God's spirit to take the step of baptism. And we did that. And on this coming weekend, about 21 more people are going to be taking that step. Maybe this morning, God is nudging you. And you haven't said yes yet. I want to pray for you. Maybe you know someone else that you think God is nudging. Let's pray together right now for them as well. Heavenly Father, thank you for this coming weekend and what you're going to do in our church family. It's always a time of celebration when we get to together. Just witness and celebrate with those who are publicly saying, 
I've chosen to follow Jesus. So for every one of them that has already said yes, would this just be a week of anticipation and preparation as they are just come to this marker moment in their journey? And Father, right now I pray too, if there are others that you have been nudging, that you would give them whatever it is they need in order to say yes and to join that group. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, if that was you, um, over here, right after the service, Pastor James is going to be in the fireside room, and he would love to connect with you, answer any questions, and add your name to that list for next weekend. All right. Week one, Pastor Greg started us off, and uh, he said it was kind of the basics of prayer that he started us with, maybe prayer 101. Well, this morning, what we're going to do, we're going to dive in a little deeper. We're going to do something, maybe prayer 301, um, and we've already heard it. We're talking today about this thing of listening to the voice of God, and I would love to say to you that I am going to just completely demystify this, but the truth is... It is a mystery, a beautiful mystery that is a reality, just as real as anything that you see around us, but not material. And so it takes faith. Every part of our Christian journey is a journey of faith. Hebrews says it this way. Hebrews 11:6 says to us, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And although this thing of listening prayer requires faith, it's not some kind of weird woo-woo thing at all. This is the normal Christian life. Hearing God is the normal Christian life. Let me just tell you before we dive in on some of that, some other things that hearing God is not, because these are really important. Hearing God is not a way to get a pass to get a pass on being responsible for our lives. God has given us agency, and he takes us through the normal process of growing, growing in wisdom, growing in knowledge. I don't know about you, sometimes I've just been like, I'm lazy. I just want to, God to give me a written note to say, this is, you know, this is it. Um, that's not what it is, and it is not a pass for being responsible. Another thing it is not is it is not a pass on the regular hardships of life. And let me make sure this is really clear to you as well. If you're someone who has sought to hear God's voice and something didn't turn out, it does not mean that you misheard. It's not necessarily that you misheard. We see that in scripture. The apostle Paul, we, we, we remember that he was warned by the Holy Spirit that hard things were coming. He heard right. It was hard things. Hearing God is not a pass on hardship. Hearing God is not something about kind of a scorecard that God may be keeping where it's kind of like, I wonder if she'll get this one right. That's not it at all. And I have seen people, and I hate seeing this because I know what it's like. I've done it. I've seen people where they are so scared because they believe they're going to miss what God wants to say to them. They're going to get it wrong. And that maybe then God would be displeased with them. If that's your view of God, I invite you, if you didn't hear the last two sermons, to go back. 
and listen again. Because both Brody and Greg reminded us that is not the kind of God that we come to in prayer. He does not toy with us in those kinds of ways. He is a good, good father. In prayer, God wants to share life with us. He wants to assure us of his presence. He wants to lead us in good and godly ways. I love this definition that the heart of prayer is a conversational relationship with God. It is talking and it is listening. Not a monologue, but a dialogue, a divine dialogue. So I'm not sure what you would say this morning if I was able to come to you individually and just ask, so do you believe you've ever heard the voice of God? This morning, I want to convince you that you have heard it. You definitely have. And for most of us in the room, you've actually heard it in a very personal way. The question this morning for all of us I don't believe is, is God speaking? The question really is, are we listening? And do we know what God's voice sounds like? We can all learn to be better listeners, and I'm so grateful for that. That's one of my big prayers in my life. All right, we're going to dive in to John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10, and skipping to 27. Um, in this passage, Jesus is the one talking, and he's describing himself as a good shepherd, as a gate for sheep. He's describing us as sheep. So just listen. Listen as I read. And remember that the Holy Spirit is with us right now to help us hear what he wants us to hear through his word. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Skipping to verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I spoke on this text back in 2021, and at that time, I spent a lot of time going over this thing of sheep and shepherds and sheepfolds and things like that. Um, and it's important in this passage. Um, you can investigate that. You can find that sermon or something else just to help you understanding more of that. It's not really our daily experience. But for today, I actually am going to keep my focus 
on this thing of the listening, this thing of a shepherd who talks to us and us as sheep who can listen. Let's just go back again and just pull out a few of these verses that say that so clearly. Let's go back to verse 3. The sheep, that's you and I, recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4, they will follow him because, because they know his voice. All who came before, in verse 8, all who came before me were thieves and robbers, Jesus said, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So God speaks, but how does he speak? How does he speak? Is it that big booming voice like Morgan Freeman? Um, I've actually never heard God speak to me like that, although it sounds wonderful. Um, but here's what Scripture actually teaches us. Scripture teaches us that God speaks in many ways. And often God's speaking is talked to us about through this word revelation, that God reveals himself to us. When we talk, we're revealing things about ourselves to other people, aren't we? And so God reveals himself to us. And often these revelations are split into two categories. There's general revelation and there's special revelation. So let me explain that. First of all, general revelation, the way that God lets everyone on the planet know things about him is through his creation. Psalm 19 says this really clearly. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. So when you woke up this morning, if you saw the sunrise like I did, God was speaking to us through that. He was telling us things about what he's like. This weekend, my husband is away. He's at a carving course. And uh, if you were to see one of his carvings you would know something about him. And you might even think, interesting, I'd kind of like to know and meet the person that carved it. But you would know a few things about him. God is speaking to everyone through creation. So hence, we have all heard his voice, whether we recognized it as him or not. I recently heard of a woman who said, when I looked into the eyes of my newborn baby, I felt more love than could ever be explained by evolution alone. Hmm. She was hearing, she was hearing that voice calling her that there's something more, something more. God uses creation as a doorway to a more intimate and personal revelation of himself, the things that he wants us to know, and we call these special revelation. So there's lots of them, but one of the first ones I want to just point out, this is special revelation to us. God gave us this book, the Bible. We already listened this morning, and we already asked that the Holy Spirit would help us hear. This is an incredibly precious book that helps us know God, understand his ways, understand how he intended life to be. 
Some of the other ways he speaks, he speaks through other believers in the body of Christ to us. I've heard God's voice that way many times. Sometimes he speaks through angels. We saw that in the Christmas story. I don't think I've ever experienced that. Um, he speaks through our circumstances. Actually, if we're listening, God can speak through anything. Do you remember uh, a couple of the other stories in scripture? God once spoke to a man through a donkey. Um, in our last series, we saw God speak to a man out of a burning bush. Um, God speaks in all kinds of ways. I remember one time sitting uh, in a coffee shop by myself. I was very discouraged. It was a confusing, hard season of life. And I really wanted to hear God. I felt like I needed to hear from him. The music was playing um, in the coffee shop. And I remember just thinking, oh, I just wish that could be turned down so I could hear better. But it was like right then I heard a still small voice that said to me, just listen. And I did. I stopped and I listened. And you know what the lyric of the song was? The lyric of the song was, every little thing is gonna be all right. It was the voice of God to me through just a song that was being played in a coffee shop. It was what I needed to hear from him. It didn't change my circumstances. I didn't have an answer to a lot of my questions and confusion. But I instantly, I instantly had the tightness in my chest. My shoulders went down. Uh, that tightness was gone because God met me in that moment in a very real way. Actually, that's one of the most common ways that God speaks to us. It's through what we refer to as the still, small voice of his Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's called a whisper. Sometimes you hear it called a nudge. We, we used that when I spoke about baptism earlier. Maybe God is nudging you. That would be his voice. But this still, small, subtle voice that we hear. All right, so those are some of the ways. So we've said already here that all of us have heard his voice through creation, all of us, whether we recognize it or not. But I also said that most of us have heard it personally. And if you're not sure that you have, let me, let me take us back to verse 3. Okay, back to verse 3. It says, the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name. All right. The only way that you can become a Christian, a follower of Jesus, is that in some way you hear his voice calling and you respond. Somehow you know it's me, it's me, Deanna knew it. It's me that he's calling. It's not my neighbor here, or it's, it's me. There's something personal about it. And you step forward and you say, yes, I want to follow you, Jesus. Yes, I want to receive your invitation to life, your forgiveness, all of those things. But that was the voice of God in your life when you said yes. That counts. Let that sink in. If you wonder if you've ever heard his voice, that counts. 
but that is just the beginning. He wants to continue the conversation throughout our whole lives. Remember, the heart of prayer is a conversational relationship with God, talking and listening. And I know that many of you, many of you are wanting to hear the voice of God on different things. Just last weekend, actually, after this service, four different people, actually in different ways, told me things they are wanting to hear God about. One was going into retirement and said, I just want to know how God wants me to serve in this season. Another was, I'm thinking about a, a pretty big, significant change in my life. Um, I, I feel like God's nudging me to do something different in my career. Another person was needing God's wisdom with a really, really tricky relationship problem. And on it went. Hearing God's voice, needing his wisdom. So how do we know when that inner nudge, that still small voice, is not just our own thoughts, or worse yet, as we have saw in the passage, maybe the voice of someone that would lead us astray and harm us? There are many excellent books. Um, one of them is right here, um, How to Hear God. <laughs> But um, there's many excellent books written. Um, there are many messages you can hear. But if you consolidate them, and you consolidate what we learn in Scripture from people hearing God's voice, um, I'm going to give you four quickly. But then I want to go and take you a couple other places before we're done here. So when you are thinking, God, is this you talking to me? Um, you can ask these questions. Number one. Does what I think God is saying to me align with Scripture? In other words, if there's something that we have learned in this book about God, about the way he works, about he, what he wants for our lives, and we are hearing something very different, if we're hearing a voice saying, you need to get revenge on that guy, that is not the voice of God because we know that God has told us that's not how we are to live. So first of all, does it align with Scripture? Secondly, is it affirmed by other believers? We really need each other in this process. We can kind of go off on funny tracks sometimes, and we need to come to each other in our life groups or in personal friendships and relationships and say, you know, I'm really, there's something I'm, I'm wanting to hear God on. Does this, does this make sense? Do you think he would say this to me? Um, next, is God affirming it through circumstances in your life? And lastly, do you have that inner assurance and peace that maybe this is God? These are excellent questions to use. And if you haven't begun using some tools like this, I really encourage you to. But now with the rest of our time, I want to point you to three things that kind of build on this but maybe say, uh, uh, um, maybe in just a little different way, how we can hear God's voice. I want to talk about attention, content, and tone. These are three things that have been really important to me in this journey as I seek to better hear God. This first one may be obvious, attention, but it is not, it's not easy. Um, if we want to hear God's voice, just like in any human relationship, we have to pay attention to him. Have you ever been with someone where you felt invisible? Maybe even you were talking and you just knew like 
they are not listening. They're not listening. We can be like that with God. We want to keep learning to give him our attention. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. You will seek me, and this is God speaking. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God wants to be known by us. He wants to reveal himself to us. But we have a crucial role to play. If we are distracted and more interested in other voices, yeah, we're not likely going to hear him. David Brooks is one of America's leading writers and commentator. He's an op-ed columnist for the New York Times and a writer for The Atlantic. And his most recent book is How to Know a Person, The Art of Seeing Others and Being Deeply Seen. It's a really good book. <laughs> he says, when we want to know another person, we need to have an explorer's heart. I love that. <laughs> Do you have an explorer's heart when it comes to your relationship with God? An explorer's heart longs passionately and intently to hear the other person. One of God's biggest complaints in scripture about his people is that they are not listening. I've got to admit, Many times in prayer, I'm not listening. I'm asking, I'm pleading, I'm bargaining. Brooks goes on to say, many people are unable to step outside their own point of view. They simply are not curious about the other. Are you curious about God? Are you curious about his perspective on things? What if one of the ways that you could better learn to hear God's voice was by learning to ask really good questions? These questions probably should first and foremost not only be about you and your own situation, but about him, about what he thinks, about what he feels, about what is important to him. Brooks says, humble questions are open-ended. They're encouraging the other person to take control and take the conversation where they want it to go. In prayer, do you ever ask God, God, where do you want this conversation to go? It takes a great deal of humility. But if we really believe that God is there and that he wants to be known by us, it is worth the energy of having an explorer's heart and having a humble posture when we come to him. Psalm 25 says this, and it's incredible. It blows my mind every time. The Lord confides. The Lord confides. The Lord tells his secrets. The Lord says what's on his heart to those who fear him. Again, this posture of humility.
I have a friend who says, I'm trying to learn to say that my heart is preset to yes. She knows what it means to fear God. She is coming to God and not saying, God, will you do this for me? Do we do that for me? Will you do that? She's coming and saying, God, what do you want? And not that we don't ask. We do. We do. He's invited us to. But what about the listening part? As we get to know God, we're going to gain confidence in discerning the kinds of things that God would say. The kinds of things. And this leads me to the next point about discerning God's voice. Just very briefly here to touch on, it is to this thing of the content of what we heard. And I want to just give you one more tool for that. Because the question that has come to mean probably the most to me in this process recently is, does it sound like something Jesus would say? Is what I'm hearing, does it sound like something Jesus would say? Listen to Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 3. Long ago, God spoke to us many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Now, in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. The son is the exact radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. If you want to get to know God and what God sounds like, get to know Jesus. Dive into the gospels, just like we're doing this morning. You know, in the gospel this morning, We heard different things that Jesus said in the Gospel of John. One of them that we heard was that his purpose for us is that we have a rich and a satisfying life. Now, if we just hear those words and we don't think deeply about them, uh, we may think God's talking about like, well, you know what, just the American dream. Actually, for many of us these days, we're realizing the American dream isn't working. Um, Depression, loneliness, all of those things are actually on the rise as the American dream and materialism and consumerism has been pursued. If we really listen to Jesus there, we will hear that anything he says to us will lead us on a path towards real life, towards meaningful life, right in the middle of the hard realities. Let me tell you um, about a lady. Actually, this coming Tuesday, there's going to be a funeral that's going to happen right here. And um, it's funeral, a funeral for a lady that led a rich and satisfying life. She was a follower of Jesus. And I remember so clearly when we came to this church 27 years ago, and I saw her for the first time. She was up on this platform in the choir, and she had on a big floppy hat, and her face literally was radiant. And she was sitting in her wheelchair. I never saw Iris except in her wheelchair because that was her life. But she had learned to hear the voice of the shepherd that said to her, you are deeply loved. You are seen. You are known. Your life matters. I care about you. And she had allowed that truth and that voice to penetrate her so that what came out of her was this radiance. And it doesn't mean it wasn't hard. Iris prayed many times prayers of lament and of calling out to God. But she had this knowledge 
that the good shepherd was with her and had led her on good paths. Just before we wrap up, I want to talk about one more thing, and that is God's tone of voice. We all know that tone is so important in communication. I could say to all of you, I love you. And you would receive those words, I hope, as a statement of truth and affection. Or I could say to you, I love you? It would be totally different, wouldn't it? The exact same three words, but a different tone. I think the enemy often uses tone, and he twists what God says to us by saying it in a different tone. So let me just give you this last tool. All right, we're going to just put up a little contrast here of God's voice, the tone of voice we can expect if it's his voice, and the enemy's voice, or maybe a voice in our head. All right? So if it is God's voice, and we learn these things from the full tenor of Scripture, if it is God's voice, it will still you, kind of like a weighted blanket, maybe. It has authority. If it's the enemy's voice, it will rush you and push you and frenzy you. If it is God's voice, it will lead you. If it's the enemy's voice, it will push you and bully you and seek to dominate you. If it is God's voice, it will enlighten you. The enemy's voice will confuse you. God's voice reassures you. The enemy's voice frightens. This is one of his major tactics is using fear in our lives. God's voice encourages you. The enemy discourages. God's voice comforts. The enemy brings more worry. God's voice convicts. So important to understand. There are times you will hear a, a fierce and firm voice saying, stop that. That is hurting you and everyone around you. That is the voice of God. That is a voice of love because the Holy Spirit is seeking to convict you and help you in your journey. But that's very different than the enemy's voice that will condemn you. It will be a condemning voice that says, you're a write-off and you don't matter. God's voice will bring healing into your life. The enemy's voice will continue to harass. I hope that's helpful this morning. Kaylee's going to come and um, sing one more song for us. And, and as she does that, it's specifically about this thing of listening to God of being ready to hear, to obey. Maybe as you listen right now, what could be really helpful is if you would begin to formulate a question that you have for God. And maybe when you go home, you could even write that question down. You could say, God, what do you think about? Or God, what's your perspective on? 
And then maybe you could listen. But I don't mean listen for like 30 seconds and kind of feel like, ah, you got nothing and, and, and forget that. I mean listen. I mean listen all week. Maybe listen all month. Keep coming back to your question and noticing, oh, maybe that was God speaking through that brother. Oh, maybe that was God speaking through that song. Maybe that was God answering me through this. Because he is always speaking. We just need to be listening and to be discerning the good voice of the good shepherd who will lead us into life that is truly life.